Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Mishra's Bubble. Uh, today I have with me my my wonderful co-host, Evan and Spider. How are you guys doing? I'm great. Yeah, doing good. How are you? Doing fantastic, man. We we played the the showcase this past weekend. Lots of uh, stuff happened happening in modern, and um, we kind of nailed it. Even though we personally did terribly, <laughs> but <laughs> even though we did awful, I still think that a lot of the stuff that we talked about last week in preparation for the event was very much true, and it turned out very, very, very much true. We're going to be talking about that very soon. And I still think that our deck choice was kind of on point. Do, do, do you agree with this? Yeah, I actually, I, I, I think the deck I picked was great. I just didn't, it didn't line up right. And uh, so you, we, we played the same deck, right? Like the four color scapeshift chalice thing. Yeah, we played almost the same deck, even though we arrived there for different reasons. I thought that I was very, very well positioned that we talked about last week. I think Chalice is great. I think that the, the, the Scapeshift deck is, is, is very, very powerful. It is intrinsically very good. It, it is probably the best Ren and Six deck in the format right now. And Ren and Six is also very, very good. It lines up super well against Ragavan, against the ERC. Um, I, I'm super, super high on the deck. I think it's one of the most slept on decks in the entire format. And people are still not waking up to it i think uh but then i got paired against black white grief and i my opponent turned one grief ephemerated me two games in a row uh and then i i you know that's the, the good thing about scapeshift like your opponent does that and you still have like it's turn nine or something and you still have draws that win the game on the spot so i think we went 17 turns game one and i could not find i could not find anything and the the same thing happened game two and i lost my first round and the second round i got playing against yorion band like blink dudes or whatever and i played uh i, I went for the valky and an empty board on a valky opponent untaps plays detention sphere guy <laughs> and i just wanted to flip the table man like i it's it's it was just you know when that happens you know that it's not, it's just not your event. It's just not meant to be, and it's fine, you just concede, and then you, you know, you, you go watch Evan play Knights of the Old Republic, which was uh, absolutely delightful. <laughs> See, that was me picking the right deck. With, uh, <laughs> playing Knights of the Old Republic instead. I had basically the same experience. Also, O2 drop, then go watch Evan play Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> Except uh, my matches, I, I I got paired against the last Green Tron player alive in nice. my first round, and I was like, as I was queuing the deck up, my uh, I was like showing my brother what I was going to play. And he's like, oh, how's that do against Green Tron? And I was like, ah, that's not in the format. Don't worry about it. Instantly paired against Green Tron, get demolished. Um, I mean, it was one of these things where like my opponent was playing Green Tron, but they shouldn't have even been playing Green Tron where they're like, you know, oh, here's a forest and an expedition map um, on turn one. And you're like, oh, like I got a chance. And it, it's still, I still lost. And that that was, I, I'm over here like talking shit. And then they still just were like, eh, whatever, here's a card. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then I got paired against Hammer, and I actually had like a really good match against Hammer. It was a really, really tight best of three. Um, well, I say it was a good match. Game one, they mulliganed a bunch, and then they had only Esper Sentinels, and I was like, I'm not going to play spells into that. And then I just made a bunch of mana, and then I killed them with Escape Shift. And I was like, oh, that, that was cool. You hit me for two a turn, and then I Escape Shift you. <laughs> uh, and then the next game, game two, they were like, ah, here's turn two, take 20. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> one for one, I guess. Um, and then game three, we had a real match. Uh, but it was one of these things where it was like, I don't know, we got to this board state where they had a, an Esper Sentinel, and I was like, needed to play multiple spells, and I was like, alright, alright, they're gonna draw one card, they have this Garzade, they didn't have a hammer, I'm good, and I like, play my spells, I play a Renin 6, I like, use my, all of my mana, and I'm like, alright, they just need to not draw a hammer off this one card draw. Ping your Esper Sentinel, and they were like, hammer? And then they were like, untap hammer? And uh, that was that was the match. It sounds about right. Yeah, that exactly the same thing that happened to me. So good, good that we were on the same page on every single level <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah, but hey, hey, Doomwake, he he played like I think he played the exact same seventy five as me, and he did he did pretty well with it. Yeah, I think he went uh, seven and two, or like whatever it was to make it to twenty fourth, and. Um, I, I think I like your you guys' list a lot. I do think that main deck in Chalice right now is just great. Um, 29 lands, like the, the, the kind of... The, the only difference that I did in the list that I played, I think, the only change I did is I didn't... I, I'm not the biggest fan of the fourth copy of Alakut. So I just I just cut the fourth copy of Alakut and play the, the fourth Explorer instead. Uh, but besides that, we had very, very similar lists, uh, with the exception of the add more the ego in the sideboard, which I'm honestly not even sure what you want that for. What do you I, want that for? I wasn't sure either. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't know, I had one slot left, and I was like, I could play this or that, whatever. I guess I could just like do this thing that's like a slam dunk against some decks. Like I'm going to play against like the one guy on like Lotus Breach, and I'm going to get their Lotus or something, or I'm like... You know, maybe you bring it in against your Cascade opponent, and then you just take their Cascade card. And I mean, it's not like it was—you you don't really need the help there. But I just like didn't really feel like I wanted the other things, and was just like, eh, whatever. Um, I, I let me tell you, when I played against Tron, I was like, come on, natural draw that unmoored ego. <laughs> ego, you and three. Ego, you and three. Ego, you and three. It, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> Damn it! So close. Uh, but but yeah, I, I do like this this kind of list a lot. I will continue working on it for sure because I think that you know people are not really adapted to to this strategy. Um, there there are a couple of things that you can do. Obviously, you know, the fairy time reveler is fair, fairly popular right now in the format. So you know, bring to light gets gets blanked by that by by the fairy. So. There are a couple of things that you know are somewhat popular in the format that that are good against the deck, but realistically speaking, like I'm so impressed by Prismatic Ending in this deck. It's really, really good. I that was like one of the things that hit me because I was trying to like when I played against Tron, I was like, man, why is Tron? Why why have they fallen off the map? And for a while, I was like, yeah, they just like you know you get Ragavan and you lose whatever, um, or you get hammered and you lose, and they just can't do anything fast enough. But I played against them, and they, like, go turn one map, and I'm like, oh, prismatic, you're 
map? And like that 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 feels like cheating. Like I I can't tell you the the amount of years I played against Green Trine. They go turn one map in particular. If they're on the play, they go map. It was like I well you're gonna get to do that right. But if you were on the play, you're like maybe maybe you could stop them. And it's like oh now no it doesn't matter. Just just get that out of here. You're not doing that. It's kind of innocuous how great this card is, and when we talked about it in in the previous season, you know, we we were trying to figure out um, whether this card was going to make an impact, and I remember, you know, kind of like sitting here and talking with you guys and seeing like, no, but we can get like a snare and bridge, and we can get like all of these cards that are really hard to interact with. Well, in reality, like all of these cards not only can get interacted with prismatic ending but also you have all of these other cards that you didn't really think about that you know your opponent plays whatever this card was like in this case the expedition map and you're looking at the prismatic ending in your hand and you're like oh <laughs> oh well <laughs> i honestly think those like turn one artifacts are the biggest win for this i mean i guess enchantments as well like i played against heliod with this deck i was playing a little off stream and they just like turn one you know uh try to put the abundant growth on their land and i'm just like or their um, utopia sprawl on their land and it's like gonna go ahead and exile that and then they didn't have a turn to play and it's like geez like that was the whole thing right about about uh sprawl was your opponent couldn't really interact with it and that's just not true now and it's the same thing like um amulet's not that popular exile amulet like i'm not playing aether vial because you exile my aether vial the, even the asmo decks like when I've been playing them, I like really have to think about playing turn one book because your opponent just exiles it. And if they exile your book, you're like, oh, I can't play the Asmo. My whole plan doesn't do anything. Yeah, it, it definitely creates some play patterns that are not as obvious. Like artifacts on turn one or two, or for that matter, enchantments, if you're playing something like Carlin Scales, like it really forces you to like stop and say, okay, what happens if my opponent has the ending on turn one? Like, am I, am I supposed to expose my entire engine card on turn one? Just, like, what is the upside? What is the risk? And what happens if they, my card actually gets gets answered? Because, like, what you're saying against Asma, for example, I would imagine that it's very, very common with that deck to go, like, turn one, like, tap land or whatever, and turn two, cookbook, discard Asmo in order just to guarantee that, you, okay, so now they have to choose, right? Like, they, they can kill my Asmo or they can kill my cookbook and they cannot kill both. So you're at least putting them in a situation where they need to make a decision and they need to, you know, kind of weigh in and, you know, maybe you have a second Asmo or you have a second cookbook, like, whatever. But Well, you do have a second cookbook. Well, you, that's that's <laughs> yeah. right. Good, good catch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that, that was the kind of thing that I feel like we all underestimated uh, with with prismatic ending. Uh, it feels like when we were analyzing the card, we're like, okay, so you know, you're playing your your lightning bolts and you're playing your other removal, and then you like kind of round it up with prismatic ending. Uh, no, no, it turns out that you want the prismatic ending, and after you have the four copies, that's when you start looking at the other removal spells that you can play. Um, and this is even more exacerbated with Chalice of the Void. Like the the, the interaction between Prismatic Ending and Chalice of the Void is just is just absolutely incredible, man. Like how this this interaction actually allows the BTL deck and even the the Naya Lands deck that I that I've been playing. Um, it just allows them to be in, in in a way because it just turns them from you know 
it, it, it is what turns them into good Chalice of the Void decks. Like in the past, the only deck that played Chalice of the Void was Eldrassitron because they had only Expedition Map as, you know, that they would always play on turn one. Or the other only spell that their removal spell was Dismember. That's the only removal spell that they played. We also saw sometimes like uh, decks like Merfolk play Chalice of the Void, uh, but, you know, that's not really a deck. But what, what I'm saying is like decks that. <laughs> I hope Nikachu listens to this podcast. Uh, anyway, um, but what I'm saying is you find ways to turn the, the Chalice into, you know, complete upside for you. And with Chalice being as good as it is right now, Prismatic Ending kind of, it just slots right in there. It just slots right in there and it really enhances the power of Chalice. And decks that otherwise would not really be able to play Chalice, like I don't think that, you know, the, neither the Naya decks nor this BTL deck could uh, very comfortably play Chalice uh, because you need to interact in turns one and two, right? Like you need to be playing your Lightning Bolts or, or your stuff like that so you don't just get completely run over by like something as stupid as a Goblin Guide. Um, well, now you don't care. Like, now you have that covered on turn one, and then on turn two you play your Chalice, and on turn three they play another one... Uh, they, I guess like, they can't play a one drop, but, like, you need to use a removal spell, and you just cast it for X equals two, and you, you kill their, their, like, two drop or the three drop, whatever it is anyway. So, um, I really did not think about this interaction when, when we were analyzing Prismatic Ending at the very beginning, and I've been very, very impressed by it. It's, uh... It plays really nicely with it. I will say I've also been gotten got by Prismatic. I played against uh, a Murktide, a blue red Murktide deck, and you know they're not playing Prismatic, but they hit me. They like I played Chalice, and they'd already had a monkey out, and then monkey exiled Prismatic ending, and then they're just like, oh, use this to exile your Chalice, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> like I'll, I'm gonna pack it up now. <laughs> I have had some of the nastiest monkey hits like that. Like, the, what makes monkeys so sick is getting to use your opponent's deck against them like that. I've, I've done the same thing with, like, I, I, the amount of times I've hit Thoughtseize with monkey is disgusting. And then, like, <laughs> like getting, getting Thoughtseize in your blue-red monkey deck is nasty. And I, I've hit Prismatic before a couple of times. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, like, the best feeling. Ugh. I don't know, man. I Anyway, I will say I think that BTL deck in particular is one of the best Prismatic decks as well. Like, Prismatic is really good in most decks. This deck actually plays, has access to five colors. Like, between Dryad and, you know, you only have your one black producing Triome, but it does come up. And the fact that you could, you're just able to do that is really good. Most decks, it's like, yeah, you can do it for three. Maybe you play, like, a stupid fourth Triome just because you want to be able to do it on four. That's not the case here. You're just already doing that, and then it just happens to play well with it. So the other thing, in addition to all those one-mana artifacts that's shutting down, are Planeswalkers. Like, yeah, it's uh, Teferi, but, like, I XL a five-mana Teferi. I, like, back-to-back, -back, I played against a control player, and they're like, all right, you know, a little Teferi up, and then you just exile it. They didn't get to draw a card. And then they, like, played a big Teferi, and, you know, that one, they drew a card. But then it was like, all right, like, exile that, too. The fact that this piece of removal catches both is, is gross. And of course, the other side of that is Heat also doing that, but only for one man. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, definitely, th that's that's another thing, too, that I have found myself uh, thinking about a lot while playing this deck and while playing the other deck that we're going to be talking about a little bit today later, which is the Elementals deck, which is you played the Fairy, and... 
I find myself just minusing way more than I used to. It used to be that you would play Teferi, you plus, and you are feeling like a million bucks. You cross your arms and you're like, what you got, baby? What, well, what do you got? How, how are you going to get rid of this one? And then now it turns out that your opponent is a prismatic candidate and like, <laughs> you got nothing out of the deal. So, or heat. Or uh, heat. Yeah, exactly. Or heat. Like, both cards, it's a lot easier to get rid of this, of this bad boy. And I feel like it it is a play pattern that uh, we're just going to have to get more used to, right? Like, you're just going to... You really need to sit down. Okay, you cast your Teferi, it resolves. And now you really have to s take a second and say, okay, like, how much do I care about this card? Like, can I afford to, um, to like, make the Teferi go down a one? Sure. Or, or, like, I cannot bounce maybe something if they play it later. But if they have prismatic ending... I just get one for one that this is like an absolute disaster. Um, so, you know, you need to, you play your card and you need to figure out, okay, can I just afford for this to be a one for one? Like, can I, if this gets answered one for one right now, am I okay with this? And can I afford for that to happen? Or do I need to get some for some sort of advantage in order to make it quote unquote more likely for the, for the Deferi to survive? So I feel like playing with this, with some cards, is is different like i feel like the the, the play patterns have changed uh, solely because of the printing of prismatic ending and obviously you know i guess it's not only printing because you know we got printed and for like a month there people didn't really use it but it does seem like people have finally caught on and they're like yeah okay like this is this is the real deal like this card is for sure this is going to be a modern staple uh, from now and for the near future i guess until they they print something a little bit more busted, which of course will happen. Uh, but for now, this is this is the card. This this is the card that you have to expect. So uh, we see all sort of decks just splashing for this card. Almost specifically, that we see we you know uh, Spike was playing the red black Lurus, playing straight up red black, and then people started adding white for prismatic ending. Uh, almost specifically, um, I think some of these were also playing like Kaya's Sky in the sideboard sometimes in the main, but. The main reason for adding that the, the white mana straight up is because of prismatic ending. Like this, it's how good this card is, and particularly right now when there's not that many four plus uh, cards that you want to kill. Like yes, there there's some Naz, there's some some psychopath playing Jaces still every now and then, but uh, but more often than not you're just playing you know one two three. Um, CMC cards, uh, particularly one, the, the format is absolutely infested with one CMC cards, so um, it is one of those things where we will need to adapt, you know, we, we need to understand that now this card is here to stay and it implies that uh, the, the, the play patterns are going to be different than what we have grown accustomed to for the past like two or three years, like whenever Baby Tef got printed or, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 interesting. The card types that felt safe game one are no longer safe game one. That that's that's really it, you know. Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely what it comes down to, and I wonder if it's also part of the reason why we don't see Heliod as much. Like it mm -hmm. used to I be think like, it is. you know, yeah, like turn yeah. one, you know, like play my dork or whatever, turn two Heliod, boom. Like now half of my combo is on the board, and now I can just wait because I know that this part is untouchable. And now I just have to wait, make sure that I don't, you know, like like a stupid, I activate it and, and you know, make, make it susceptible to Path to Excel or something like that. But, um, and now, 
they don't care anymore. The prismatic ending doesn't care that Heal It is indestructible, just eat it, get rid of it. Um, same thing with Croxa, you know, comes back, well, not, because prismatic ending says that it doesn't come back anymore, so uh, very, very, uh, very cool card. I think that this card is great for the format, honestly. I do think that it, it does stop a, a bunch of nonsense, and I'm very, very happy that this card is now here to stay. I, I feel like I'm always, like, hitting my head against the wall when I get hit with this thing of, like, trying to play that turn one Aetherwile, that turn one cookbook. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way trying to play your, your turn one Amulet. It's like, ugh, like, I just... Hey, monkey. Yeah, I will. Monkey okay. <laughs> monkey dies to more things, but it feels worse when it's the prismatic. <laughs> I, I, yeah, at least monkey dies to, you know, monkey dies to everything, right? And that's the, the thing about monkey is it has to die immediately. Like, you, you need to kill it. With anything that you have, you you spend all any resource you have to to kill the monkey. Whereas these other ones, you know, like you know, back in the day, you played your Utopia Sprawl. It was like you're not interacting with this. What are you gonna do? You're gonna force of, of negation my Utopia Sprawl? No, you're you're not gonna do that. Um, so it's it's just it's a it's a different world. Like you, we we talk about planeswalkers aren't safe. Teferi, three minute Teferi is still good because we have all this Cascade stuff, but. Also, you're just like, oh, I'm going to, you just said it, you, you, you have to minus it right away, or you're not getting that value for it. It's just not worth it anymore if, if you, like, so you immediately, all right, I'm going to minus because you're going to remove it. Um, having said all that, there is one Planeswalker that is not getting Prismatic Endinged, and it's not getting Unholy Heated, at least some of the time, and that is Valky. I was gonna say Tibble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that, like that. I think that's a huge part of that BTL deck is you get this Planeswalker, and it's the it's the one that I have left where I'm like, oh, you you're not you're not just getting rid of this one. This one's doing damage, and it's like I had a I had an opponent who uh, like I, I went up with it against Blue Red Murktide, and they had to double heat it, and I was like, you know, it had exiled an Omnath on my side and an expressive iteration on their side. And then they double heated it. And I was like, I'm, pre I'm pretty okay with this exchange. <laughs> this is fine, yeah. As long as your opponent doesn't have the detention sphere guy, I think that you're you're pretty much good to go. But you know, that is that is the, that is the life that, that I choose to live, I guess. Um, all right, sweet. Um, yeah, I do think that Valky is is, is is a big it's, it's a big reason why the BTL deck is is so good. I think that having access to that um, extra angle of attack is, is a big deal. And um, yeah, as you were saying, it's it's pretty tough to remove, and uh, it deals it deals a lot of damage. Like it deals a lot of damage. I've been able like the, the fact that it exiles as well is is kind of a big deal in my opinion because getting rid of you know Croxa. Is, is, is quite important. Obviously, you don't want to play the Crocs after you exile it, but... <laughs> if um, if you told me that a Tybalt Planeswalker was going to be the card that, like, edged out Teferi as the control, the best control Planeswalker, I would have told you you were insane, dude. <laughs> like, I, can, I cannot believe going from original Tybalt to this Tybalt. Like, now, like... Try, I've been trying to play, you know, Hero Dominaires, as I was for a while. It just feels like a joke trying to play that card right now in a, in a Heat format. Um, but Tybalt's doing something really similar. Like, if, if you look at what each of the abilities do, it's it's pretty similar, but it all just lines up way better with what the format's doing. I wonder if it's time for some of those, you know, like, Lurus bring-to-light decks to, to make a comeback, right? 
I know the Grixis Lurus control deck is getting really popular. Um, and that's, you know, that's not the same thing, but it's kind of doing similar stuff, these these low-to-the-ground Lurus control decks. Um, I could definitely see that being a thing again. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't don't see why not. And, uh, you know, we, we just talked about how well it just lines up against the format overall. Uh, the only issue, of course, is that it is five mana, right? Like, you, you, need, you do need to have five mana. So you are trying to resolve a, a five mana spell, which in the current modern format is is no joke. It really, it really is tough when everybody, you know, um, when everybody has 40 CMC total in their deck, like <laughs> the hammer deck or whatever, you know? Uh, so resolving a five mana card is, is asking a lot, but um, Omnath helps. Omnath helps. And it kind of feels like this past week in particular, Omnath's stock has skyrocketed. Uh, this card came out, obviously, everybody was freaking out about it. It was banned from Standard. Uh, it was completely, completely ridiculous in the Omnath Udo control deck that had, like, Field of the Dead and a bunch of banned cards. Um, so, Omnath had its time in the sun. Uh, it was completely busted. People were talking about potential bans of the card. Eventually, they banned Uro instead, and uh, the, the new format came up. It disappeared almost entirely. Uh, decks like Five Color Nev that used to play the, the, the card uh, kind of disappeared from the format as well. Um, and now all of a sudden, the deck that we talked about last week, Elementals, kind of took the entire format by storm this past week. We have three copies in the top eight of, of the, the showcase. And the, the showcase is... Is no joke. Like, top 8 in one of these is not easy. <laughs> it really is not, not, not easy at all. Um, yeah, sure. You, what, you need to get past the first couple of rounds. Because I feel like a lot of people, and, and that's kind of, you know, it feels like the first couple of rounds are the day, day one of, of a GP. You know, where, where you, you can get paired against, like, the, the pro. Or you can also get paired against, you know, the guy that's just there having fun and they have their meme deck that, you know, they, they brood or whatever. So you can get whichever one you get. Because um, it was like 400 people or something. It, it was a lot of people at this event. Um, but, but yeah, once you get to round number five, round number six, like, it's it's no joke. It's no joke and all of this, all of these players are going to be very, very good. Uh, but... Three copies of Five Color Elementals in the top eight, uh, plus some more in the top 32 as well, including including uh, Dom Harvey as well on the 30th place. Um, we talked a little bit about this deck last week. I do think that um, the deck is extremely, extremely good. And we also talked about ways to, uh, ways to kind of beat it, you know, ways to kind of um, fight the, the this strategy and try to try to slow the, the value train down. And it feels like nobody listened because nobody was bucking their Torpor Orbs. Nobody brought their Hushbringers. Nobody brought their... What's the other guy? Uh, the 1-3 guy? Takali Honor Guard? There, there you go. <laughs> that, that that guy, whatever his name is, that that that, that Spider likes. Um, and, and yeah, Omnath and Friends completely took over the, the, the event. And the coolest thing, and what I like the most, 
is like the difference in both of the deck lists that di that did well and how right now we have like a couple of different approaches we have one that is the all-in kind of playing my dudes deck right so we have like a bunch of dudes uh, some lists are not even playing ephemerate and they are just playing like a bunch, bunch, bunch of elementals. Just nothing but creatures. And we have a, sort of a toolbox aspect to them. So we have cards like Spite Bellows. We have Omnath Locus of the Royal. Um, which is a card that I was, when I was playing this deck, I was actually kind of impressed. It's, it's a very, very good card to have as a one-off. So it's one and then uh, team or colors. So four mana total, three, three. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to any target equal to the number of elementals you control. And then, uh, whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you put a placenta zone counter on target elemental you control. If you control eight or more lands, you draw a card. So, this is, like, this just shoots you. This is Lava Axe. <laughs> and with Ephemerate, like this guy, one time I had, like, a, I think it was, like, an Elves opponent or whatever, and I couldn't crack through in the board, so we were kind of, like, in a stalemate. And then I drew this guy, and I just, I think I hit them from, like, 17 or something. <laughs> because of an ephemerate like this guy is no joke it's i mean it's like when humans played Kessig malcontents same kind of idea except this can just also this can hit any target yeah yeah, yeah. you can use it after, after removal you can just go face and then if you are in like the super late game like your dudes start growing and you start growing cards like your fetch lands draw you two cards it's like this guy is great like this guy is a lot of fun i do think that it, it is just a, a one-off i don't think that you ever want more than one but if you are in the in the proper board uh, in the proper board state, uh, this dude can really take over or just straight up win the game on the spot. Um, then the, the, the it has like one of endurance, uh, two copies of Vesper Lark, um, one Lightning Skelemental, which I'm kind of iffy on. Like the, this is the the single card that I'm just like, because eh. this one's also playing with Thunderkin Awakener. So this this list looks a lot more similar to the lists that we were seeing uh, in the past. Like this is before before Canister started playing the the other version, which is adding Renan Sixes in the fairies, right? Um, so that's the other version. That version also top eighted in eighth place. So playing, you know. Some Brennan Sixes in the main deck, some Tefaitan Ravelers, and then some actual interaction in the form of either Prismatic Ending or Lightning Bolt. So, this is like the other approach. Uh, this list also play Utopia Sprawl in order to help ramp in the early game. Um, I actually tried this list today on stream, and I thought that the list was very, very good, but I'm not too sold on the Utopia Sprawls. Like, I understand why you're playing them, because, uh, you know, you obviously want to like speed up your game plan and stuff. Uh, but these mana bases are hella greedy, man. <laughs> like, they're playing, like, four Utopia Sprawls and, like, Teferi and Renan Six, but they're also playing, like, three Cavernous Souls. They're playing, like, Roy in Triumph and Basic Planes, Hallowed Fountain, Sacred Fountain, like, so many <laughs> cards that you cannot put an Utopia Sprawl on. And, like, at least twice in the, in the one league that I played, I was stuck with, like, you know, Triumph and, like, Mountain Plains, and I'm looking at two Utopia Sprawls and, like, a Sick Hand or something like that, and she's like, well, gotta ship that one. Um, a little bit frustrating in that sense. It, it it does feel like it's super easy to fix, right? Like, you just cut these lands that you can put Sprawls on them, you add Forests, you're good to go. Um, 
but it, it's really funny how, how how far greed can go. <laughs> People can get really, really greedy. Um, but this deck is the deck to be greedy with, though, because once your engine is rolling, it just doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't matter. Whatever your opponent wants to do, they are not going to be able to keep up. I can, I can almost guarantee it. Um, it. It does feel like people are starting to to understand and they're starting to respect the deck more now. So when I was playing the deck today, still went for one easily, completely destroyed everybody who tried to interact with me. Uh, but people were super aggressive about dealing with my recent reef, uh, which I think it's correct. I think it's definitely the the, the way the correct way to approach uh, trying to beat this deck. If you're playing like you know like Jund or any sort of deck that plays removal spells. It just feels like you have to get rid of the recent reef because um, otherwise they have no bad draws. Because every draw just draws them another card, and then like that draws them another card, and it, it just it just snowballs so so quickly. Uh, and yeah, we talked about the interaction between these and the elemental incarnation, so we don't need to repeat that. But it's very strong. <laughs> it's very very strong. I also feel like the other thing you can do is play a deck that is not trying to win exclusively through creature combat. Like, if your deck is less creature-centric, it feels like you can do better against this. Now, I, I don't know, you know, like, Control's in such a bad spot, and the fact that Fury also just kills Planeswalkers a lot of the time makes it a little bit awkward. Like, all of your cards draw cards. But I, I do think that, like, Wrath effects against this deck are good. Um... I mean, I felt pretty comfortable with my matchup against it with BTL, though I didn't get to play that particular matchup a ton. But it, it seems like, at least on paper, it should be pretty winnable. Um, the other thing you can do, though, is just you can try to play something unfair, right? Like, um, you mentioned you, you stomped all the people who were playing fair. Am I to assume that the other person was not playing fair? Yep, they were playing Red Green Belcher. Yep, there you have it. Yep, apparently that's the deck that people are playing right now. Um, no, I, I feel like I just played against the one Red Wing Belcher deck in the, in, amongst the 1,400 players in the modern queues, but still. Uh, that seems that like yeah, it would do it, though. I mean, like... Yeah, no, that's yeah. Felt un unwinnable. Yeah. <laughs> that, that match felt completely unwinnable. <laughs> so, I don't know, I guess time to dust off your Belchers. Maybe. Please don't. <laughs> I, I doubt, like, <laughs> the, the issue with that is that those interactive, or non-interactive decks, I should say, are awful against the monkey. Like, even, like, trying to play Living End against monkey, they go turn one monkey, and you're like, you know, turn three is, like, pretty quick. You're, you're still doing things. You're griefing. You're forcing. And they just turn one monkey, and you're like, oh, all right. That's a lot so, of hits with a monkey. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to belcher, and they're just, like, hit you with monkey, hit you with monkey, and then all of a sudden... You, they've got up like triple counterspell by the time you want to go off because they just get to keep making mana with the monkey. It's 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 a hard spot to be in as the as the Belcher player. I mean, I, I get you know you, your sideboard, uh, I don't know your Pact of Negations, your Veil of Summers, and I and I do suppose that you have the dual land that also deals one damage. <laughs> so maybe you have to save those. What are the Spike Field Hazard for those monkeys, and you just. I gotta feel the hazards for you, monkey. Come on in. <laughs> uh, yeah, my opponent drew all four hazards against my recent reefs. It was not pretty. 
Uh, Ooh. But... <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make me play some Belcher here? <laughs> but, no, but... Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that Belcher still has the same downsides that it's always had. Um, but those downsides just don't really exist anymore, right? There's just no force of negation right now, right? Yeah, bull, there's uh, the Merc-type deck that plays Counterspell, and uh, what else? The Grixis Lurus one plays some counters, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, so there's, there's like the, the Grixis Lurus decks. And I guess that you maybe still like Thoughtseize can be problematic to beat or whatever, but um, what my opponent was doing was was pretty cool actually. Um, uh, they were using creativity, so they would create some treasures with this new. Um, there's a new card from Adventure Soul for Golden Realms. We talked about mana. It. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I had never seen it in action until now, mm-hmm. so I'm like, damn it! Now they eight Belchers. I can't beat this. That's too much consistency. Well, you know why they're doing that, right? They're they're doing that because uh, recross the paths is bugged on on Magic Online. You're kidding me. That's the truth. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like I I, I saw Sodek posting about Belcher ages ago, and someone was like, "Oh, how do you feel this compares to the recross version?" And he was like, "I don't know. I can't test it. It's still bugged." <laughs> That's funny, dude. Although Endurance shuffles the graveyard against recross the path, so this may just be the better version overall. Do, isn't the top card still the same? Like yeah, endurance just goes to the bottom. Oh really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's bottom on random order, Bo- bottom in random order. You're right, bro. Never mind. Don't don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> endurance is great, but I guess it's not that great. Not against yeah, Belcher, apparently. <laughs> Three four did not deliver the bits quickly enough either. Sweet so. Another stuff that we that uh, we I wanted to talk about real quick because this is something that I hadn't really seen before and it started creeping up lately, and I wanted to hear you guys' take on Scourge of the Skyclaves in the Black Red Lures deck. I've been getting owned by this card, man. I tried to play in League with Amulet yesterday. I hate this card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I'm definitely seeing these more shadow esque variants pop up again. Um, it. It's the same. <laughs> it's the it's the same as it's always kind of felt. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, the deck, like the card is still strong, and you can make your shadows and scourges dodge heat sometimes, right? So that that's a big game. But they also now have to contend with prismatic ending, and now you're also having to play in a format where solitude sees play. Um. I'll also say, like, I know food is not around as much now, but trying to play those decks against food decks is embarrassing. Like, uh, you, you go to play your Scourges, and you get Luris out, and then they shoot Luris, and you gain six, and it kills your Shadows and Scourges. Oh, yeah. yeah d- 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 <laughs> no, you're not, you're not doing anything to that. <laughs> it's a good time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in the past we've seen cards like uh, Dark Confident or um, Turok, Turok, the, the brand new card from, from Mitch 2. These are the cards that we have seen in these slots. And lately what I've been seeing is just like a couple of random Scourge of the Skyclaves. And I'm just like, dude, I, I, that one I can't beat. <laughs> Maybe I could have beaten the other ones, but this one I can't, like I'm just dead. 
That's because you were so, playing Titan, though. Yeah, obviously. I it's mean, because I was playing Amulet. Yeah, what, are, what, are you, yeah. what are you beating in that deck? I don't know. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Too soon, man. Too soon. Um, I was I was just surprised. Like, it really caught me off guard because I was expecting, you know, like, maybe my opponent's playing Shadow or whatever, and it's just like, nope. They were just playing... They're playing four Black Light Cliffs, so when this Courage came out, I'm just like, what? Why? <laughs> it's just like, it, it's kind of just like a Tarmogoyf, you know, kind of, without having to be green. Yeah, it, it was, it gave, gave me some, some Goyf vibes. She's like, here's this, like, dumb beater. Yeah. <laughs> can you, can you erase it? Um, this was bigger than a Primeval Titan, though, so that, that, that part, that part is not as easy to deal with. Um, but but yeah, besides that, this deck just continued looking just the same. Um, what we're talking about, you know, like Splashing White for ending or Kaya Skyler or whatever, but like pretty much um, this is ju- this just continues to be one of the, the best deck in the format, in, in, in my opinion. Um, one thing that I saw that I wanted to touch really quickly is <laughs> Mug Winsaws uh, played in a prelim that I played in as well uh, yesterday. And he was playing full, like, straight-up four colors. Like, Lurus, you know, like, Monkey, DRC, whatever, Snapcaster Mage, and then just, like, jamming four Prismatic Ending, four Bolts, three Inquisitions, like, two Drowned in the Lock, four Expressive Iteration, two Kaya's Guile, just, like, straight-up four colors. It Not even, like, splashing for this card, no, 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 like, straight-up four colors. Like, six-plus cards of every single color. Um, I don't know how, how he makes the mana function, but that is something that I saw, and then I'm that like, That is a pile. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, jeez. Uh, sure, Monkey will fix your mana for you. That's true, Monkey does fix the mana. No. You just rely on all... Like, you always want to have turn one Monkey anyways. You might as well just lean into it really hard, right? Yeah. My deck only functions when I have turn one monkey, but if I do though, ha! Mm-hmm. If I do, I'm gonna get you. Oh yeah. If I do, I'm gonna get you. But yeah, besides that, we we have the the usual suspects. The only surprises from the format are bo- uh, from the tournament. Sorry, are Boggles in eleventh place. I have no explanations. Sometimes Boggles just get you. you no, know, you you don't you don't come with that edict. You don't come with enough speed and. It'll just get you. And showcasing Silhana Ledgewalker, by the way. Well, so much like spot removal. It is a deck that got, like, Prismatic is pretty good against that deck. Obviously, you can't hit the Boggle, but now, you know, one of the strengths of Boggles was not only could you not kill the Boggle, but in enchantments and auras, like, those are, that's like a hard type to interact with, and now... You can interact with those. You can get some, like, big blowouts with Daybreak Coronet if they only had, like, a Ranker or whatever, you know. Um, you also can just kill Daybreak Coronets now. <laughs> like, just two mana, it's gone. Um, so I, I, I think there are a, still a lot of knocks against the deck in the format right now. But, yeah, if you just catch people at the right time, it's doing a very straightforward thing. Every every single Saga deck is playing with copy of Shadow Spear, right? Oh, no. true, yeah. <laughs> the decks that aren't Saga decks are playing EE for the Saga decks. That's true. But somehow, <laughs> somehow, a Boggles player managed to get 10th Man, there, place in this there event. There is a lot of I EE, mean, huh? Yeah, sometimes you just dodge enough. 
It's also really funny how Sanctifarian Vec is effectively a boggle in certain matchups. So that, I think that, that was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that was that was like one of the other surprises. And besides that, it's just all of what we have. What we, we have grown to love about the, <laughs> the current modern format. Now, small shout out. And this is something that we wanted to talk about. Eldracitron not only got 30, 23rd place but in, in this event, but also got first in this Sunday challenge. I think that right now, both Chalice of the Void and Karn the Great Creator are just great. We talked about Chalice. Everybody knows why Chalice is great. But I think Karn is also the real deal. And I think that there are just no good Karn decks. I mean, he, he does still have the same kind of weaknesses as the other Planeswalkers of like dying to heat. But he doesn't if you have a Chalice, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It, it just it just combos well with, with, the, with the Chalice. And so the good thing about Karn and why I like it so much is that all of the stuff that people are playing to fight all of the decks right now are all artifacts. Everybody's just like using explosives to fight against against um, Hammer. Explosives also lines up super well against the Monkey Ragavan decks. Um, Torpor Orb against the Elemental decks. Piding Needle against the, the you know opposing combo decks or like the um, the food decks, naming um, Cookbook or or Asmo, whatever whatever's better. Uh, Relic against um, against the DRC decks. Like it just feels like all the stuff. All the stuff that people are playing in order to answer the, the top decks are all artifacts. If you look at any random deck, any random deck list, you just grab like Blue Red Merktide, for example, all of the deck lists have like some number of Chalices of the Void or Engineer Explosives or Soul Guide Lanterns or some sort of artifact hate in the sideboard. So now you just, just get to access all of that game one because of Karn. It seems good. I mean, look, Dreams of Ashiok is great. I, I, I like that player quite a bit. I don't like Etron very much, though. And I don't like... I don't know. I, I'm i going to need a lot of convincing to be able to sleeve back up. Not just Thought Knots here. I want to sleeve back up Thought Knots here. But Matter a Shaper? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're going to have to really, really sell me on that one. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that Eldrassitron is a good deck. I don't think I've ever sold because I, cause I, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm not trying to convince anybody of that because I think the neutron sucks. But, but, Chalice and Karn. Hmm. Can we do something with that? Can we find a different shell for Chalice and Karn that doesn't suck? Probably, right? Like, okay, so Prismatic with Chalice is kind of a combo, right? You got that going mm -hmm. on. You got a good removal spell. So now you need some kind of like mana ramp. Omnath's pretty good right now. I don't know. Like Renin Six is pretty good. Like, can can you do something in that 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 kind of realm? Like, or am I just like going right back to BTL but with Karn in the deck? <laughs> yeah, Karn just sounds like the worst card in this deck right now. <laughs> like you're naming all this stuff that's just good already. I, I mean, I'm thinking that's why we're not seeing good Karn deck is because I mean, I I think he seems fine, but still kind of slow and maybe it's not that there isn't a good shell for karn maybe it's that karn actually isn't where you necessarily want to be hmm. i mean you need ramp to do it right and yeah 
it's hard to do that now. Well, like, then you look at some of the other decks that have you know been that have been Karn decks in the past. Ponza is one of them, and that that is one that gives you access to some speed. You've got Utopia Sprawls, and I think now in Ponza you also just like play Monkey, and that is a form of mana acceleration as well. Gets out of fast Karn. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I I'm not sold that he's necessarily where you want to be, but I do like the idea of having access to pretty potent sideboard cards main deck right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying, because I played a league with... I wanted to play Amulet just because I wanted to play Amulet. I know that it sucks, but I just wanted to play Amulet. And I was I was like, I'm just going to jam Karns in there because I think Karn is great. This was yesterday. And Karn hard carried. Mm. Karn hard carried. Um, to the point where I was just like playing Karns. Like, I played a Karn against Ad Nauseam and... <laughs> They just, they're just like, yep, that's good. I'll, I'll take it from here. <laughs> it just seems, it just seems really, really good. It just seems really, really good. Um, sure, it's one of the things where, particularly in a deck like Amulet, you know, like Amulet just uses Karn in a different way than most. Uh, and this is something that I, I don't think I've have said that in this podcast, but it's something that is good for people. Whenever Amulet comes back, this is good to know. Uh, the way that I think of Karn in Amulet is, you want it. You want it to like calm down because it's you know it, it works within the curve uh, at the four mana uh, CMC, and what you want to do is you want to get some sort of value from it. You want to get like you can find your golos, you can find your engineered explosives to like slow down whatever your opponent's doing. You like you want to do something like that, or you want to try to use it as a bait. Right? And this is like the the best thing about Karn is that like it comes down and if you plus it, it goes up to six. So it's it's really really hard to 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 hit it from six. And of course, you know, a unholy heat, but sure. But it's pretty. Otherwise, it's pretty hard to to hit from six. And then your opponent is going to spend time and resources dealing with this card because it is threatening to take over the game. It, it's kind of that same problem you mentioned with Teferi, though, of like the three minute very do i down take it and get my card right now do i down take and get my thing out of the board right now or do i accept it's gonna die to heat exactly but but that's what i was saying like if you if you think that your card is gonna die whatever like you just play your card you minus you get a worm crawl engine you get a golos you get like an explosives whatever it is that you that you you could use right now um and then if if you think that you can bait your opponent into spending a bunch of time and resource attacking the card you plus or whatever but in reality all you want is for the Karn to die and for your opponent to spend their time and resources dealing with that Karn and then you just untap, you play a Titan and you kill them with the Titan. So in, in Amulet, Karn specifically is a, is a distraction. Uh, the funny thing is that in this league that I played, Karn would calm down and it would not be killed, right? So that was the difference. That was the difference and that's what I was not expecting to happen. <laughs> so it's no longer there. a distraction, it's actually just your plan now. Exactly. And now it's just like, well, I mean this can't resolved and it survived and I adapted with it. And now I'm just like, Well, I mean, I'm gonna kill you with it now. Like there goes the land, there goes the land, there goes the land, and it's just like, Are you really not gonna deal with this? Oh you can see it. Yeah, that makes sense, you know? <laughs> well they killed the Titan, so they don't have an answer for Karn. <laughs> So yeah, so that, that's kind of what, what what happened, and I was just like surprised because you know it just lines up so well against certain decks, and it kind of like fig- feels a little bit of a, a, of a hole there. Like for example, you know against Adnosium or against um, against the Cascade deck, you know play Karn. I played against a Rhinos deck, 
And I, that matchup is awful for Amulet. Absolutely awful. They play like forces, they play subtlety, they play, sometimes they play cryptic command, they play blood moons in the sideboard. It's an absolute nightmare. So what I did is I just played one chalice in my sideboard. Play Karn, minus, chalice, zero, play it. That's it. Nice. Opponent concedes, sweet. <laughs> um, so that is the kind of thing that that I feel like people are, are not really exploiting from, from the card. Um, against Hammer, same thing, you know, like you're just completely blank pre-steel padding, which is great. Uh, it goes finds your explosives. It also, if there's anything, if they have Cigar that's hidden there, they have their dude suited up. You just like plus on the hammer and the hammer falls off. It becomes just a 1-1. One, one. Um, all of this stuff, you know, just you play your card and just does all of this stuff for you. So it, it kind of got me thinking. It kind of got me thinking is if, you know, maybe there's a way to... To use Karna. I'm not saying that I got the answer. All I'm saying is that I'm just presenting the question and maybe somebody smarter than me is going to figure out a way to, to break Karna the Great Creator in, in Modern in a way that is is not a Drossy Tron because that deck is garbage. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's out there. I don't know. I, I, I just like keep going back to like Omnath makes mana, but yeah, Evan's totally right. Of like, do I really want to do that or do I just want to like cast that Bring Delight? And get that tibble, because like that's also pretty good. <laughs> Imagine no, I, I was talking about that nausea, and I and I've never gotten to leave this stream yet. But I all, all I want is I just want a BTL for Tibolt, and I want a plus and an exile and angel's grace. That's just I I just <laughs> want that man. I I want that more than anything else. Whenever I play the the Tibolt deck, just you can't beat your own card. <laughs> nice, exactly. <laughs> You better, you better have that fast circle getting there <laughs> twenty times to kill me. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, nobody's playing Nosim anymore, so we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that is um, the the rest of the format. It has gotten to a point where it's like a little bit um, predictable. I feel like predictable is it's a way to to describe modern right now. We know what to expect. And it just feels like everybody knows what to expect. Yet, Hammer continues to be one of the top dogs in the format, even though um, it didn't do particularly amazing this uh, this in the showcase. It actually did fairly well in the in the challenge where it was present. And besides that, what happened with the with the Asmodex uh, Spider? Uh, so okay, there's like the Prismatics and like basically someone being ready for Hammer means they're ready for Asmo, right? Um, like, they're playing their EEs, they're playing their Force of vi of uh, Vigors. I, I, I almost always, every time I say that, I almost say Virtue, and I'm like, nope, nope, wrong Force, N wrong Force, no one plays that Force, just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I it's just kind of hit by a lot of that same hate, and on the other side, it's also kind of hard because you're your opponents with monkey like they play monkey and you have to have an answer for the monkey and it's like what am i going to do like street wraith to play turn one asmo and then they're going to like bolt my asmo and still hit me with monkey so all of a sudden you have to be playing your like removal it's just like those decks are kind of hard to figure out I, I will say i think my personal favorite right now are these sort of probably esper variants where you're like really a blue white deck 
and you're actually splashing for Asmo rather than the other way around. Uh, most of the time people were playing these decks and you were going base black or base red because that's what Asmo was. Um, that's not what I've been doing. I feel like you really want those prismatic endings in your deck and Ranger Captain gets more Asmos, which is really nice because basically your whole deck is like, I just want an Asmo. So more of them is nice. So I put like, I got to really go and scrape the bottom of the bin and like, I'm going to put a flourishing Fox in there as a tutor target for Ranger Captain. So Asmos aren't stranded in my hand and it's good. It's like actually correct. But it's the first time I've ever put a flourishing fox in a modern deck. Um, I was sent a screenshot, by the way, I'll let you know, of a 4-4 flourishing fox. Because they had street wraiths as well. <laughs> Which made me very happy. But I think that deck, um, the addition of the blue-white talisman, that's the one I was playing, uh, it's, it's really nice. Because you, you get to play more Urzas ahead of schedule. Um, I, I still feel like people haven't really figured that deck out. Um, I was trying a little bit of uh, the portable hole, which makes a lot of sense when you're playing Emery and Urza and is really awful in the format at large because your opponents just kill it with their own prismatic endings or you go to post-board and they're already bringing in EE and Force of Vigor anyway and then they're like, oh, by the way, I'll get my thing back. So that that really yeah. hurt. Like that was like, oh, oh, if this feels right in the deck for like what I'm doing, but the format at large is not going to allow it. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe the current version I play like four endings, and then like if you want more, then you're like maybe two of the holes. I don't know if those are supposed to actually still be playing Street Wraith either. Like I know that's like the whole thing, but like. I feel like there are less and less matchups where I'm like, man, I really want to like turn one Asmo. And so it's like, okay, if I'm not turn one Asmoing, then can I just like get away with cutting this? And then I'm just like four Urza, four Thought Monitor, all the ramp for it. Like, cause that's, that's like also really good. Like Urza is still good. And let me tell you, like Urza with a, a camera souls. It's, it's, it, I feel like a million bucks. Like my, my blue red Merktide opponent's like, all right, I got my counter. So I'm like, you're not countering Urza. And when you're not countering Urza, you lose the game. That's just what happens. Yeah. And I, I was surprised, um, that specific interaction, I had my chalice in zero and then my opponent played an Asmo with Cavern and it didn't counter it, mm -hmm. even though it's a zero CMC card. Mm -hmm. I'm just like. This is cheating. <laughs> what, what is going on here? They're all humans. It's this is this is 2021 humans, folks. You got Asmo's a human, Ranger Captain's a human, Urza's a human. Even Oval Chase is a human. This is humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly was was not expecting that, you know, even though it's CMC Zero, that them paying the mana for it would actually make it uncontrollable. That that really threw me that that, that really threw me off guard. Um, but but yeah, I also saw some versions splashing for expressive iteration. <laughs> Is that legit? Have you tried that? Uh, uh. <laughs> so I think if you do that, you are not playing black. You're, you're you're splashing red instead of black. And well, that's fine. I actually think like casting the daredevil occasionally actually comes up 
as stupid as that sounds. Whereas, like, if you're in red, you can't do that. And so I've been like, well, I need to, I need to be able to kit play my four two once every two leagues or something. Um, but I don't know. I mean, expressive iteration, you play a lot of really cheap cards, so like, you're probably gonna get two things off of it. Um, it is worth noting that that card in this deck, like basically any card that costs multiple mana symbols is hard in the saga deck, right? Like that's why I'm playing the talisman and to help you play those Urzas and those ranger captains. So if you're doing that in place of the talisman, you're playing expressive iteration. It, it seems hard. I don't know. Th those decks mana bases are like kind of a nightmare. Also, they're playing only 22 lands. That is something that always surprises me about this deck. They're only playing 22 lands, but four of those are sagas. Yeah, people... Uh... <laughs> How does that work? That's like an 18 land deck. So people want to do that because the first iterations of these decks were Emery decks. So you're playing like Mox Amber, and you also had four Bobble and four Street Wraith. And they were like, oh, maybe you can get away with this. I will also say at that point, they were like, oh, this is a 20 land deck. And I was like, no, 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 that was a 22 land deck. And now we've taken out some of the free card draw. And people are like, yeah, yeah, it's still a 22 land deck. I'm like, you need something in there. You need more lands. You need that talisman. You need you need something. And they're, they're playing like Ursa. They're playing Thought Monitor. Like, these are, these are not easy to cast cards. <laughs> but like, people are still only playing 22 lands, which always surprises me. Uh, this is a deck that I, I was actually kind of drawn towards, but I literally have never played a single game with, so... Huh. I, I'm, prob I'm probably going to eventually pick it up and kind of see what's up. Funny enough, I have all the cards to, to build it in paper, besides the lands, but... Besides that one really expensive land? <laughs> no, I, I got the sagas and everything okay. because of okay. the... Dude, mm -hmm. I'm playing Naya lands, come on. I am a I, I'm a Nursa Saga gamer. You didn't even say prime time. You didn't even say amulet. You're like I know. No, I was. I, I thought he was gonna say I'm an amulet player. No, he went no. for, I'm, I'm not an amulet player. Are, are you a now. Titania player now? Is that how you would you would classify yourself? I bought four old frame Titanias. <laughs> not even four foil? old frame prismatic endings. Oh, dude, dude, gorgeous old frame Yabimaya Cradle of Growth. Oh, oh man, it's a good looking deck. I can't even tell you. You uh you've single-handedly brought the average converted mana cost of modern down. Like it it was 6 before and now you're like no no no. The new 6 is 5. 5 is the new 6 now. No, I mean it's just it's just one of those things where both of them are fine dryad decks, but one of them plays Ren and 6. So, in a way it's almost kind of like a better dryad deck. <laughs> And then the other one is just like, it's five mana, put 50 power into play. Well, the Titan sometimes is not enough. Mm. So putting 50 mana for, you know, five mana is better than playing a 6-6 six, six and attacking, you know, sometimes. Now, the, the reality of the situation is that one of them doesn't scoop to, <laughs> to prismatic ending. That is, that, that is basically what happened. Also, again, Charles of the Void is a heck of a card. And one of those decks actually... It really struggles against Chalice of the Void. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really funny when I was playing that league against the against the the crushing footfalls opponent, and I played Karn and I minus got the Chalice and I played it for zero. My opponent scoops, and then I I was showing to the chat the hand and my hand had two summoners backed in it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sure. 
if my opponent was to pack it in there, I'm not going to stop them, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, I, when I was playing Living and I played against a burn opponent who brought in the... Uh, Forgetting the name of the card, it's a red and a one Chalices? enchantment. No, no, no. It's the enchantment where if you play a spell without oh, paying mana, yeah. you take five. Roiling vortex. vortex. Yeah, I, I've lost. I've lost to that one plenty. Okay, but they played <laughs> vortex, and then not even the next turn, they were like vortex, pause, Mishra's bobble. <laughs> <laughs> and that that made me very funny. happy. I was like, this burn guy is doing it right. <laughs> They're not afraid. They're not afraid. They, they came to play the game. They, they came for their cars to do stuff. I, I have encountered that exact thing. I, I was playing Control. I played against Burn. They played Vortex, and then they killed themselves with Vortex. It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Um, we kind of cover the stuff that we want to talk about for this week. Is there anything that you guys are dying to, to tell our, our people? Play Monkey. Play Monkey. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Play I'm playing him in Legacy. I'm playing him in Modern. I played him in Cube yesterday in Trophy. It was sick. Just yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or either play Monkey or play Knights of the Old Republic. That's your. <laughs> that's yep. your recommendation. Yep. That that was such a that's, that was such a great thing. I started playing on my it on my phone. Uh, such a great game. This game's awesome. It's my first time ever playing it. I I never played never played it before, and I'm I'm really enjoying it been make, making for fun streams it's a good time highly recommend it it's a game from like the early 2000s or something so it's a little bit dated but still awesome all right spider anything you wanted to add i mean i'm not picking up monkey so i guess i'm picking up knights of the old republic <laughs> <laughs> all right evan this weekend what would you play evan really <laughs> yeah monkey I mean, there's like 700 <laughs> monkey decks dude like, tell me tell me which monkey uh just 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 merc tide i i think blue red merc tide's great i i do the I, I like the one with the one of main deck engineered explosives the very low to the ground build i'm still playing four i, I like four counter spells and then like two archmages charms so like not the super super deep control one but the like medium deep control build that's where i'd be spider Oh, I'm going to be revisiting some D-Gen shit. Like, I'm dusting off Belcher already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess you choose you choose, uh, you choose, chaos this this weekend. You, you show me a monkey, and I choose violence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, honestly, l- last week I was thinking about playing the Nayadek, and I cowardly... Uh, now, actually, last minute, I, I actually played the lead with the BTL deck. I thought it was very good. I thought it was very well positioned. So I switched, and last minute, uh, I played a league. I 5 0'd, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is destiny. Uh, turns out it wasn't, and now Naya Lance remains hidden. It's a hidden gem. Uh, but if I had to play a one this weekend, I played the prelim out of spite, went 3 and 1, so my list got published. It has not. Celestia Charms in the sideboard. It's the first time Celestia Charm has been published in I have no idea how long, so I am very proud of that. I used to play that one. Dude, Celestia Charm is sick. It kills yeah. Merktide. It kills anything wearing a hammer. I used to play it in Bant. Funny enough, multiple times I've beaten, like, you know, like... First of all, like, you can flash in the 2-2 to block Monkey, which is huge. All right? That's that's no that's no joke. That was my favorite mode. Yeah. <laughs> Make the uh, knight. <laughs> exactly. And also the knight has vigilance. So yeah. you played on end step. I, I was playing against uh, against like 
a John deck. It was it was kind of boomer, but not so boomer because he was playing Grist and stuff like that. Whatever. Um, but I flashed it in on end step, and I um, after they attacked me, and I stapled um, what's his name the 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 sword. Shadow Spear. Shadow Spear, thank you. For whatever reason, I, I, I forgot the name. Literally named it earlier today, but whatever. So I staple that on, I kill their, their Grist, and then I block their, their Tamagov that was going to be attacking for lethal next turn, and then again tapped, and I play Titania, and I kill them. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make fun of you for that. I saw you streaming that, and then I was like, yeah, I'm the same guy who put Big Game Hunter in my sideboard, so I really can't say shit. <laughs> Can't even make fun, dude. Can't even make fun. Uh, no, but like, for out of all of the cards that I tried so far in that slot, definitely Celestia Charm has been the best. So I, I will say that. I have tried Path to Exile. I've tried Run Afoul. I have tried, um, what was the one that, oh, Justice Strike. I, I went I went real deep. <laughs> I was Yikes. desperate. I was desperate for finding an answer to Merktide that I could play through Chalice. Um, and Celestia Charm is far and away the one that has given me the best result because of dude, like the two two knight is is legit. Like the fact that it can block monkey, so it's effectively a, an answer to monkey and an answer to Merktide. So big time. I'm actually pretty high on Celestia Sanctuary right now, and I don't think I own any copies, so I need to I need to buy. You know, I'm just gonna buy two hundred. Celestia Charm, Celestia Charm. You said Sanctuary. Oh yeah, no Celestia yeah. Charm, Celestia Charm. Yeah. Uh, You've always so, been high in Celestia Sanctuary. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sanctuary is, is busted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Celestia Charm is awesome. So. Gotta gotta buy buy a couple couple hundred copies before it spikes. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you guys on the internet? Uh, Twitch.tv/slash/everos, YouTube and and Twitch, uh, and then uh, what's my Twitter one? Everos TTV, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard such a confident uh, telling of one. It's like. <laughs> Uh, my name's, uh, what was it again? It's something like, like that. <laughs> let, let me just Google it real quick. <laughs> if you put Everos in any of them, you'll probably find me. There's not a lot of Everoses. Fair. Uh, yeah, it's it's Spiderspace on Twitch and Spiderspace MTG on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitch at F-P-A-W-L-U-S-Z. That is F Fabluche, and you can find me on Patreon, Twitter, and YouTube at F Fabluche MTG. This has been Mistress Bubble. We will see you next week. Have a great day. Bye.